episode 355 of the Doctor Day Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and I'm here. Hello. Today we're going to talk about episode two of The Invasion of Time. <laughs> Good job. Let me try. When we last see the Doctor, he is uh, under some stress because of the circlet of the Matrix on his head. And in the proceedings... We pick up and Leela rushes over because nobody else is helping him. So she rushes to him to see how he is and she helps pull the, the circlet off of his forehead. <clears throat> the other officials gather around them then at that point and other of the political houses are saying once, oh, that's it, the Matrix is rejecting him. He's, he can't be president. Um, but the... Um, Another in charge, uh, the the officiant in charge of the proceedings says, "No, he is the Matrix now. Um, it's not a matter of him being rejected." Um, they call in their Surgeon General, who I believe is Lord Gomer, who we talked heard of earlier, talking about his projects. Um, he comes over and examines him. He says, "Well, he seems to have had some type of a psychic shock and." Um, Maybe it was a mental disturbance, perhaps, at the same time that he was connected to the Matrix, but he needs to rest. Um, and so they remove the president from the Panopticon area. The surgeon um, calls back to Barusa and warns him to keep his political squabbles and such to himself at this point. Um, not bother the president. Uh, Barusa um, goes to leave as well and then orders the Leela to come as with them to the to the president's chambers. Lord Gomer is examining the doctor um, says yes he was a shock and he needs to rest. They've all come in the room now and gathered around and Leela is there and there are guards in the room and there's a whole assembly and Brusa says that oh it was this alien she attacked she went right to him and attacked him and and they said oh no she she did not and they're arguing over the doctor the doctor seems an alien in the citadel that's not allowed that no one is no alien is allowed on the planet and she's um Protesting, it's like, no, I was helping him, and you brought me here. And no one listens to Leela. And the doctor's president banishes her to the wastelands and to bans her, casts her out of the citadel. So she manages to make it past the guards and runs out of the room, and the guards chase after her out into the citadel. The doctor and, um, tells to Barusa that they're um, they're not safe as long as Leela is loose in the citadel. You must find her. Um, Barusa then says to the doctor how as a student he could never get a lie or anything past Barusa and kind of, I get the impression, kind of vice versa, that, um, and 
to Thursday Rafferty's. This isn't just a student prank that you're pulling here. And he says, well, I've never been more serious in all of my lives. That there's this bit of understanding between the two of them. The doctor is then seen redressed in his regular clothes. He puts his sash on over his frock coat and then his scarf over the sash of Rassilon. Uh, we see that the more closely that the walls and doors and uh, surfaces of his quarters have been lined in lead. Um, there are guards outside the doors and a tapestry on a wall and he can't get out the doors. He starts looking around and sees another sealed door behind this tapestry and he ponders and figures a way out and um, uses some of Bruce's teaching against him. He said uh, he remembers something about uh, he tries palm print and he tries other things and he says maybe it's a voice control and he hears a faint clue to when he says a, a voice lock and he remembers a phrase Belusa says that says, there's nothing as useless as a lock with a voice key or, or a voice voice lock on the door and that's the phrase that opens the door so he can get out. Leela's hiding um, in parts in around the corner as the doctor comes down the hallway and he's playing hopscotch as he goes down the hallway and she um, follows at a distance. Uh, the guard had a guard that we'd seen previously called Andred uh, informs the Castellan that Leela and the doctor are together. Um, Castellan is uh, uh, interested in this and calls into the Chancellor Barusa. He says, oh, is it the uh, president with you? Says, oh, he's sleeping? Oh, okay, well, he must have his rest, but he, um, he questions Barusa whether he's lying and you can see well anyway sorry you can see in his face that he questions what Bruce is telling him because he can see on the view screen that the doctor is um, heading down the hallways in the citadel and uh, the doctor heads to the TARDIS and goes inside Leela follows but she's some distance away um, Andred uh, brings the guards down the halls after her. Uh, Leela tries to follow the doctor into the TARDIS, but she can't get in. Um, she can't pry open the, no the door with a knife or, or anything. Castellan is watching this uh, and, see that, and sees that she has not made it inside. The guard's coming. Leela's getting nervous. She keeps looking over her shoulder, trying to still get in the TARDIS and not be discovered. See the doctor inside to the to the side of the doors, being very quiet and listening to her attempts, but not saying anything. The guards she runs away, but she can't get in. The guards come and they think that oh she must have made it inside and we have to get in here and the door's locked. So they they talk about the types of keys and Andrew sends one of his guards off to find to get like a key box or calls it a harmonic key system. Um, 
discovered that was a typo. Yeah, we had uh, learned, heard before that it was called the trionic key system. Trionic locks, rather. Inside the TARDIS, the doctor talks with K9 and uh, lays down on the floor with them and talks to them and K9 scans. There's a little scanner dish in the doctor's head and says, am I alright, K9? And he says, does he say mentally? Yes, physiognomy? Maybe. And the doctor laughs and they have a, a moment. Time Lord and his dog. Um, doctor asks about for K9 for an analysis of his plan and K9 says things such as an, the analysis of the present course of action it has a success rate of 39 point something percent and the doctor says oh that low says, but, but I've discovered a panel under the panopticon and there's this type of access and so he says well that would increase your chances by this and what if we do this with the um, the transductor array and K9 suggests something, the doctor shoots it down and suggests exactly the same thing and uh, they have this the moment as they're planning things out and talk of this uh, that the invasion will be a success. Leela comes upon a um, isolated hallway, and there's a room leading off of it, and there's a a time lady um, sitting at a console, and we learn that she is Rodan. Rodan, 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 um, and uh, Leela doesn't know why she can't, you know, why why are you not calling the guards or. Um, she says, well, there's a force field. You can't get in here. I'm safe from you. And uh, we hear uh, something beeping on the console, and she answers it. And it's uh, as space traffic control, which seems to be her job. And she sees, analyzes this fleet of ships uh, and you know, gives them leave to, to pass. And Leela says, well, what, what are you doing? What if they're going to they're gonna attack? Well, if they're uh, going off to attack someone in the galaxy, it's against our laws. If we don't interfere, I, I wouldn't stop them. She says, what if they're attacking you? She says, well, they can't attack us because of our transduction barrier. Meanwhile, in the TARDIS, the doctor tells K-9 of his plan that, you know, once he exits the TARDIS anyway, he says to turn off that transduction barrier. The doctor exits the TARDIS um, and runs right into Andred, um, offers him jelly babies. They have a jelly baby moment, and then he whispers, don't mention this to the Chancellor, and then adds very quickly, he doesn't approve of jelly babies. <laughs> and then continues on that, you know, it's very important that Leela is captured. Again, Castellan um, is watching. So they, uh, the doctor heads off with Andred and other guards, um, leaving the TARDIS uh, unprotected. No one in the in the uh, area 
and the one guard returned with a set of keys and plastic bits and uh, finally finds one that opens it. So he opens the door, K-9 exits and immediately blasts him and he falls over unconscious and K-9 heads out to the Castellan confronts the Chancellor Barusa about President. Um, says, oh, he's in your room, Vivi. Well, I think it's time to wake him up because I need to talk to him. So Castellan thinks he's caught Chancellor Barusa in a lie uh, and they go to the rooms and the doctor is creeping back in through the secret entrance and as the Castellan boldly opens the doors expecting to find the room empty, the doctor is uh, laying on his days resting. So Castellan's not very, uh, it's kind of put out that he's incorrect somehow. The president doctor says to Castellan how um, how did Leah get away and she's not caught yet and it's very important that she is captured and um, sends Castellan away. And then Barusa goes to leave and he yells at Barusa and tells him to call a council meeting at once. We see K-9 making his way further and further down, appearing uh, underneath the citadel, I believe. And um, it, it's not clear, but I'm guessing that K-9's making his way down, uh, staying under the citadel, uh, where the doctor said he had d discovered a panel um, that he could get to the, um, the transduction barrier and other circuits and such. And we do see K9 get under, get to that point. Rodan says, as she's talking more to Leela, says she likes her and decides to let her in and lets down the barrier. And um, then they see ships coming in, and they're the ships that she had um, scanned previously, and they're invading Gallifreyan airspace, and they're coming to attack them. So she, she radios and she calls in trying to talk to, find the chancellor to talk to him. And of course he's been called into the meeting with the doctor and the rest of the council. And so she announces over the Citadel system that they're being invaded. President Doctor gathers everyone and says, you know, this is a very serious time and brought you all together to introduce you to your new masters. And we see and hear a crinkly kind of a noise and uh, three Vardens materialize in the Panopticon room and land. Or at least that's what you assume they are. Well, yes. The three aliens. Three other aliens. <laughs> I was going to say, three more aliens. Three more aliens materialize. Um, a lot of humor in this one. Yeah, yeah, a lot more humor. Yeah, more than we've had recently, actually. Yeah. Um, and mostly little subtle things that just kind of keep you carried through. So even the things that were not highly important 
bordering on filler. Mm-hmm. You still get through those. Oh, right. You know, like, for instance, there's a bit where the Doctor X is the TARDIS and Android is right there. And they talk, like I said, they had a jelly baby moment. And he tries them. So, oh, yeah, it's good. And they're using the jelly babies. And then he says, don't mention this to the Chancellor. He doesn't like jelly babies. You know, doesn't approve of jelly babies. But, you know, it's kind of, it's humorous in a way. The little spin he's put on it, but you kind of get the impression that the doctor's point was, don't mention that I was in the TARDIS to the Chancellor. Don't mention the war. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking of. I may have mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it. Um... (laughs) There's that, and the fact that he's playing hopscotch as he's running, walking down the hallway. He's really hopscotching down the hallway. Did you think that was a little overdone? In a way, yes, but in a way, I think that he was just trying to lend some interest to a rather boring scene of the doctor walking down the hallway. Well, maybe. So, I guess he didn't need to do it. The entire way down the hallway, maybe. Yeah. If we just see him doing it one part and then walk a little normally and then skip and, you know, do a little more or something. Um, maybe break his own monotony. Yeah. Um, but we, we've learned a little more. I mean, not, except for near the end, I don't think a lot happens. But we learn a little more. We learn. We meet some other people and other players in the story. Mm-hmm. So it was really a pretty good episode for for not having a lot of action. We had some bits of humor to carry us through, some informational uh, introductions still of, of more people. But it was it flowed pretty well, I thought though. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. How do you feel about the doctor uh, when he's, I didn't mention in my description, but when he's looking through uh, the walls trying to find the doorway, another doorway out, he pulls out a sonic screwdriver and is testing it on the the different panels of lead and makes different sound on two different panels. Then he breaks the fourth wall, essentially, and turns to the camera. Not for the first time in the story, either. Turns to the camera and say, well, not even the sonic screwdriver can get me out of this. To be honest, that whole sequence kind of bothered me. Because the part you didn't mention just now is that it starts by him going behind a tapestry for no apparent reason. Uh-huh. Futzing around back there where we can't see, so we have no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the... For, again, no apparent reason, the tapestry sort of begins to lift itself out of the way. It's like he threw it back and it went up. But I'm not entirely sure um, why. Yes. Yeah, There's point. no switch. Yeah. I, I mean, there must have been a switch, but yeah. none that we could see. Yeah. That's a good point, though. I did mention that I did tell it retelling that he does go behind the tapestry but yeah I'd forgotten that it does end up 
being out of his way right now when he needs it to unless he somehow attached it to something when he pulled it up but it was unclear at, at best it yes. was just unclear that, about that I thought the, the best part about that to me was how he figured out what the, the key was he figured oh there's no key hole there's no key maybe Bruce is the key is it a palm print is it you know this is it this type of lock and it turns out to be a phrase that he would use against the type of lock that he's using it for uh, you know not just that it's it's a phrase that describes the lock that the key is locking yeah that makes sense. And it's a phrase that talks about how a lock with a verbal, with a with a voice print, is no lock at all. Well, no kidding, because that's what unlocked your stinking lock, idiot. Yeah. It seems unrealistic that he would use that phrase as his lock. As I was thinking that maybe it was something that Bruce had taught them. So. So what? Any so of why his students would, could have gotten in. Well, so why would he use a voice lock? Because he he right. always talked against them. Exactly. So exactly, but, but yes, so that, he would. No, he. It's that phrase implies that he would not want a voice print lock. Okay, so he's forced to have one. Why would he use that phrase that apparently he said often enough that people associated with him? It's like using your birth date for your password. Right, but so my, what I'm saying is that the doctor figures out it's that kind of lock because I think Bruce would be thinking that that would be the last type of lock that he would use if someone were trying to figure it out. Okay, that's not my point. My point is, okay, Bruce has a voice print lock. Why would he use as his passphrase a phrase that is associated with him? That's like using your birthday yeah. for your password. Okay. It's unrealistic to me that he would use that as his passphrase. I get what you're saying. Okay. But it's not totally different from yeah. what I'm talking about. No, yeah, my point is just the, the type of lock he's using when he tries to find out how to open or how to open based on what kind of lock yeah. it is. That, you know, he wouldn't... Bruce would think no one would expect him to use a voice lock if he was always or often talked about how they weren't very good <laughs> and yet that's what he used. I was just thinking it was trying to point out a link between him and his former student.
We forgot to mention that when the doctor was hopscotching down the hall, he runs into the camera. I think they could have moved that out of his way or something. Yeah, it'd be hard not to see him coming. You'd think. down a ramp because like that's the fastest we've ever seen K9 go as he's going down. Uh, gravity assists him a lot in that situation. That's the only reason he's going fast. Right. And then um, oh as he's down there he's doing a, a sweeping motion to this blaster to, to blast the circuits and take down the barrier and, and all this. Doesn't point out that it was on a, he was on a platform so they could swivel him around. Because you commented that, um, of course he's on a platform because you can tell because we don't hear his motor running. Yeah. To move him. It's the easiest way to tell. He's not moving himself. Mm-hmm. What do you think of his conversation with K-9? Cute, but I'm not sure it was totally worthwhile. I know not every conversation needs to be worthwhile, but... No, I mean it... But it helps. Yeah, it helps a little bit. But uh, they are talking about... Seemingly talking about some of the doctor's plans and invasion plans and probability of success with them. So K-9 is in on the plan? I suspected he was from the time he threatened Leela in the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, that he must know something of what's going on. Otherwise yeah. he wouldn't have threatened her. I don't think. It's kind of a little pause, a little question. Something about his plan versus my plan, or your restating of my plan is not make it any more effective, or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> so there's a little bit of humor in the conversation that doesn't isn't really too vital this adds more suspicion on what this plan and the invasion might be and why the doctor is um, a party to it yeah you think that uh, the doctors I get the impression and maybe you think so too that the, the doctor is trying to actually protect Oh, definitely. He's trying to get her out of the citadel or city or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. It seems pretty obvious. Into the uninhabited wastelands where she might be safer. But it's also clear that he doesn't really trust her not to reveal what's going on. So if he doesn't mm -hmm. tell her, 
-hmm. what his plan is. She is very open with things. Yeah. Even Sarah Jane was better at um, keeping some things a little quiet. Yeah, he never trusted her, though. Or not never. Yeah, there's There were times he didn't trust her either. Yes, I was going to say, that's where I was going to go with that, was that there were times, one or two times in particular, where he did keep her very much out of the loop of what was going on. Then she gets mad about it later, but, you know, yeah, she probably would have given something away. Yeah. Um, But early on with her and the doctor, she tends to learn quickly that the doctor doesn't like to um, volunteer the information he's a time traveler. Yeah. I think she picks on that, picks up on that quickly. Sarah Jane does. And <coughs> says that they're just travelers or something. She emulates that from the doctor. Um, Leela, not so much. She's gotten a little bit better, but she's still very um, direct with mm-hmm. who they are or where they've come from, that type of thing. So, of course, it, I think he would, even less would he be able to let her know a very complicated plan, which this, this seems like it is. But all in all, I like the episode. Still wondering how things are going to pan out. Mm-hmm. I know we're only a third of the way through, but still pretty interesting. The doctor is not quite so... He's still volatile in a way and very changeable, but he's not quite as mean in it. He's still very loud sometimes when he he shifts his moods and yells at Bruce Mm -hmm. about the council and and such. But when they have their private words, he doesn't seem as mean. He's not as mean-spirited, I guess. Um, as it seemed to be the first time. Yeah. Seems like he's still loud in some ways and, and very mercurial when he, he changes uh, his character very quickly. But it, it, there's a little bit of a different feeling to it. So. Which is easier to, to, to take. <laughs> Even though I know he's, he's playing at something, you know, it's still... It makes it easier to listen to and follow along. Mm-hmm. So that's that ending. And did you find the doctor's laugh more <laughs> than a little creepy? <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mention that, that he says, here, meet your new masters, and then laughs, obviously. So we're talking about kind of maniacal laughter. Bordering on maniacal, just maniacal, not really giggle, mm-hmm. but just a an edge to his laugh that he's very pleased with himself at this happening somehow. But it is a little bit strange to see him happy about this. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be a good thing. I think that's why it seems creepy. Could be. So yes, canines blown the circuitry. Doctor gives a cue to the the other aliens to materialize around the 
council members of the town lords. I guess the real sense of danger we might feel is for the time lords that we don't really know. You know, because they're the ones under threat here. True. If the dog, if the dog is working with these other aliens, he's the one brought them there. He's working with them and may be more protected than they are. We don't have much stake in these other time lords because we don't know them very well. We just know of them and have the doctor's disdain for them. Yeah. So are we so worried? And in fact, on some of them, like say Verusa, I'm not sure we're supposed to like them. No, or the Castellan, in this case either. Yeah. It's very shifty and uh, political, um, trying to catch Chancellor in a lie, um, surveilling every everyone. And Kellner, I believe, was his name. If I got that right. Something like that. Very different from the last Castellan, who was um, helpful to the mm -hmm. doctor and um, joining him to part of the Matrix and the Deadly Assassin to help uh, save everything and working kind of with him. So it's quite different um, with this one. Mm -hmm. The actor is uh, very good at the shifty seedy kind of character. So do we, do we, uh, this is a good ending? I think so, but that's because I'm curious about what's causing the doctor to act the way he is. Yeah. Why is he, a, this invasion a good thing to him? Yes. Why is he working together with this against, you know, against his people? Well, and is it by his own choice? Yeah, is he being forced and coerced some way so that he has controlled. to be doing this? Controlled. Um, <clears throat> he seemed a bit him, uh, pretty much himself when he signed their contract. As far as we could tell. As far as we could tell. So maybe not controlled, but that's why I wondered if maybe under some threat, you know, he's, because he starts, his first words in the last episode were, I'm prepared. Mm. Prepared for what? Prepared just to sign, prepared to help, prepared to um, whatever sacrifice he has to make for this. And so now we, we're maybe seeing more of that, but it is still, it is really intriguing more than it is suspenseful. Like, what is gonna happen I guess. next? Why Why is he doing this? What is the, the still, what is the plan? What's the deal? <laughs> so it's that more than anything makes you wanna, you know, see the next episode, find out what's going on and what might happen next. And the machinations. Even though this is a political story so far, it hasn't. It doesn't suffer from the um, the boring 
different faction arguments that we don't care about that we've had mm-hmm. in other stories. True. Could be because those were alien factor factions to us. It could be. Whereas we kind of know of the Time Lords, so they're they're kind of the Doctor's people. So it's not that he's on a different world as much that we care a little bit more about. And the Doctor's part of the, po- the politics. I think that's maybe making a difference. Could be. So, hmm. pretty good. So far, looking forward to more episodes next week. Yep. So that's what we will talk about when Monday rolls around. Talk about episode three of The Invasion of Time. So join us then and thank you for listening.